It is 8.30 on October 25th, 2017. And this is Let's Talk Podcast with Kwon and Chris. Wednesday. Hello, everybody. Hello, Chris. How are you all doing? Hi, Kwon. Hi, everybody. I'm doing well. How about you? Yeah, it's been a kind of stressful week with all these exams, isn't it? A little bit, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just, just, just a bit. Um, and I had one today. We had, we have the same class, right? The RTV. we have one of the same class, and we just have an exam together. Which I don't know where the hell Chris sat, but uh, of course I didn't look over his exam to put down <laughs> my answer. So, well, I did fine. So, let's move on for <laughs> because um, he seems very gratified the fact that he made the exam much more difficult, but in. A different. You thought the exam was difficult this time. This was our second exam for I this class. I guess more specific is the right word because it, it's, he focused on examples and things that he briefly mentioned as a wise guy in the class. <laughs> this one was a technical. I I I saw lots of technical questions. Mm, yeah. Sp- specifications about whose lecture I skipped. Unfortunately, it's like the only one, and it's like the <laughs> the. One third of the whole test is about technical, so I didn't do like terribly on it, but I know I missed a few silly questions. All right, all, all right. right. I, have an, I have another exam on Monday for mm. macro, <laughs> so we are we are in the exam we are in the same grind. <laughs> so let's start off our reflection of the whole week. What have just what happened just beyond you know exams and tests? I know it's like the boring part of a student's life. But like, what's have what's the fun? What's the exciting part? Well, since our last podcast, yeah, that whole Richard Spencer thing happened since our last podcast. Is this indeed to um? It happened the day prediction. after. It's a drag. It's like nothing. The whole newsroom went bankrupt because there's like nothing going on. Yeah, there. It. I feel it was very. I don't know whether it was because. Of just a general overreaction, mm-hmm. um, and it was overblown, just point blank, or I don't know if nothing happened because there is so much beefed up security, there's mm-hmm. so much preparation ahead of it. I feel like it's a little bit of both. It's just a waste of resources as well because you you see the and lineup. Un- unfortunately, I would. However, I I feel like it's a it's a much better. Um, result to have to not have to use your security. You oh, just like put them in into it, work. Just, just, <laughs> just make sure that they're there and they well trained enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd rather have them just be there, making sure everything's fine, rather mm-hmm. than something going off and them having to, to yeah. be mm-hmm. intense about. Now, it. Yeah. I mean, now that they expect the unexpected, this was you want to say, yeah, I see. yeah. So uh, the height of my wick is part a, a very tiny part that can be attributed to that event happening on Thursday, but it fuel in an inspiration in me to start up a project with WUFT station, um, and it's been progressive, been continuous, and I'm working on it. Um, so um, to take a, a very typical angle at these stories that I'm going to pitch, I already pitched, but uh, I'm going to fully 
flesh out um, over radio, uh, radio segment broadcast is um, my desire to shed light on Buddhism in Gainesville. So, um, and how they approach, because I'm a Buddhist, by the way. What's your religion? You have any religion? Um, I don't, I don't really practice religion in the traditional, you know, having to go to a place of worship. I don't really, mm -hmm. I don't really, um, religion's, uh, mm -hmm. it's not a big part of my life. Yeah. But like religion was, <coughs> sorry. Um, I'm. I mean, in terms of like Buddhism, we see that little, little, very, very, uh, like say less intense response to what happening around the world, and especially like because Buddhism focus on your personal sense of development and purity, and it's all about you having the having the willingness to join and correct yourself. You having the recognition that you can be a better person and come to like meditation and practices and classes like that, which is what I learned from uh, all the interviews that I have had with um, instructors in religion department. And in the next few weeks with um, Bud Buddhist monks uh, around the Gainesville area, which will be a very interesting topic to broadcast. And I'm very proud of it as I choose this landmark to kickstart my career. Yeah, it's that's very interesting. Um, how how long have you been a Buddhist? I now quite interestingly, um, my mom is a Catholic. My yes. dad is a Buddhist. However, my mom is fly attendant too, so she travel a bunch. Yeah, I could definitely. barely see her, and that is why I begrudgingly not not to say begrudgingly because they're gonna kick me out of the temple right now, but. <laughs> Yes, it's all in Buddhism. There's this concept called karma, yeah. And there's a lot of things that are inexplicable and preordained. In Buddhism, there's no God though. There's grace, but grace come from other people, and somehow life or re reorganize your or re or reorganize so so that you do things in a certain way in a certain manners, I guess. Um, and how I, how I end up being like Buddhist, I don't know, but, uh, it's all because of like, my family and things like that. And it's I, your upbringing. Okay. My upbringing and my, my background. And I, I did, I mean, the, in Buddhism, you don't like refute, you don't say like, there's only one God and you must believe in him. Um, the concept of, I think they call what, unity, unity, oh, I, I, never mind. But it's just that it's kind of harmonious with the other religion as well. It doesn't make you refuse the other religions <coughs> or gods or deities. Yeah. So that, um, what's the question that you asked me? Come on. I just, I just asked how long have you been a Buddhist? Oh. I was, I was, uh, you, you did. Oh, like, oh yeah, I remember now. In, if you like walk into a temple, it's very salient and it's very remarkable that they're not gonna turn you away because of you because of your affiliation with a different religion. They're more centered in what you seek when you come to a temple or to a Buddhist or a monk, um, because they know that you have um, the need to find peace 
or the natural state of mind. I'm going too much into it, but I know that yeah. it's very helpful. A lot of them, and I experience meditation, I experience chanting. It's very refreshing. It contradicts with at first with who I am as a person because I'm innately very impatient. But I feel myself. I feel myself very fully in the present during those moments. And then, of course, as soon as I got home, I broke out <laughs> and I'm back to the fast pace of life again. But I'm just saying, like, the whole thing about um, my project, the whole um, objective also includes, um, and as they also con- it's also confirmed by some of my interviewees, look at life like from a different perspective or angle. It's very um, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, I feel like ideally. You you described most religions ideally in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't want a, a church to turn you down because they they know that you're part of a or that your religious affiliation is different than mm-hmm. than theirs. Uh, I I I've been to there for a high school class I had. It was it was really a dual enrollment class. And it was intro to sociology, and one of the assignments was to was definitely to just go out to a house of worship, and we were not allowed to go to a Christian church because uh, it was explained that that's the majority religion in this country, Christianity. So we were supposed to kind of explore mm-hmm. different religions in that sense. So, you know, people went to uh, Islamic mosques Mm -hmm. or Jewish synagogues, things Mm -hmm. like that. So I went to, I I, I believe, I forgot because this happened, this happened years ago, but I believe I went with two or three friends, I think it was, to a, to a Buddhist temple in, in downtown Miami. Awesome. I believe it was in downtown if I remember correctly. What was it like? It well, again, I don't remember too much of it, but it wasn't. It was. It was fine. It I was, mean, like it was a fine the experience. external factors you can like not recall much, but how it like manifests itself, how it impacts. We you. we just we just we just did a simple meditation exercise, mm-hmm. and it was a guided yeah. meditation, which is funny because that's exactly what. I did today in my first year Florida class. Um, we had good a, life. Is that a call? No, it's oh, not. It's first it's year not Florida. Good. It's first year. Yeah, first year Florida, and we had a guest speaker from the from the counseling and wellness center, mm. I believe, or from Gatorwell actually, mm-hmm. and she she had us do a guided, a really brief like one minute. Uh, guided meditation mm-hmm. or just relaxation really and that was nice so what i got from the my earlier experience during my enrollment class with that buddhist temple experience was just it was just a simple mm-hmm. meditation exercise it wasn't anything crazy it was anything it was it was just calm uh-huh. it was calming i've been to church christianity church Christian church before rather and it's it's a little bit it's different obviously but it's similar you sit there you kind of 
you don't necessarily meditate the way a Buddhist would, but you you kind of reflect on what the pastor's saying, all those things. So, so definitely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, three point. So speaking of like different religions, um, I would say I I also rem- remember in retrospect when I first came to the temple, um, and this is like in Washington where I grew up. Yeah, the monk asked me. Because, you know, once again, they don't challenge you. They don't challenge your um, religious affiliation. So the monk asked me, when you look up to Buddhist, Buddha's face, and then you look to Jesus, the same thing when you look to, um, oh my God, I, it's so embarrassing when I say female Buddha, but that's what they call, um, not a term for it, uh, and Virgin Mary, which one of them that you feel more intense toward? And it's something that it's in it's con- inconsistent with like everybody's, every visitors because of how they're brought up yeah. and where they're born. So for me, it's definitely Buddha because of my background. And I, I like it. I like the way it's set up. I like how it benefits my life and start to play a very important role too. <coughs> And certainly, um, in terms of like how Buddhism can apply to life, from what I learned from my project, is that you know, it it from from the first glance, you think that it's a waste of time. I mean, pe- people would would like complain, I cannot meditate because I don't have time. And and I am I am one of the, among them. <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing to say, but um, that's what how I felt first. You know, I have work, I have um, study to do. What if like I break from this and go home and just stop doing all of these? But the point is, you think that you don't have time, and life is just full of things, full of stuff to do. It's up to your eyeballs. You don't have much to live like. But the, at the end of the day, are you really living life? Have you like asked yourself the question? Um, are you ever like be fully in the present? You in the present, but you thinking of what's gonna happen next in the one next one hour, or the next few days, next few weeks. You are reflecting over the past. This is what I could have done better. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. It start to very much intoxicate your life so that you. Uh, away from a full enjoyment of what you're experiencing in the present. Well, I feel like it's very difficult to experience the present because the thing is, the present is very brief. Mm-hmm. It it literally lasts just that moment that happens. So, time time is like really just a really weird concept. It, I don't feel like there is. I feel like you if. You looked at time, mm-hmm. like you know how you could hold up like a three D a three D object. Yeah, like I'm holding up the mouse, the computer mouse right now, and you can see the front of the mouse, and you can see the back of the mouse, mm-hmm. and you could even kind of tilt your head down, see the see the bottom of the mouse. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like if you could do that with time, you would like it would be similar. You would be able to see the present of your life. You'd be able to see the past and also the future of your life so of time in mm-hmm. general so i feel like it, kind of thinking about the future and thinking about the past isn't necessarily 
uh, a bad thing and it isn't necessarily something that you can avoid either but we are because not, but we are not aware that we often take them to like extreme we're not aware that we are not living life the way we're supposed to i mean a lot of successful people um are very acutely aware that of things that they could have done to make their lives better make their life more enjoyable and i mean i could quote like millions of them one of them uh, is jim carrey um one of the most famous comedians do you 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 would think that for the man who um give out jokes and make people laugh their ass off every night would really enjoy their life his life no he didn't he didn't at all in any moment and he got he went through this depression well, yeah, a, a um, lot um and his quote is never be afraid of time be afraid of you running out of time or not time stretch out and with teen to accommodate you. Um, Yeah, that makes sense why Jim Carrey went through things like depression, as you say. <coughs> I don't know too much about Jim Carrey's situation, but it, it it's not any different from, a, like, I don't want to say most, but there is kind of an interesting trend, mm-hmm. a, a, a notable trend with comedians, you see even like Robin Williams, yeah, how he committed suicide. Mm-hmm. So, what Jim Carrey said, I kind of disagree with it. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of you shouldn't allow time to like control your actions or spread itself for you. You should try and utilize your time the way you want to. I mean, it doesn't mean that you passively wait for things to happen. I mean, it, it 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 may it may relate more to me because I'm the kind of person who never like take the time. That's why my this one my mom mom say, never take the time to smell the rose on the road. Yeah, I like I like the, I like that saying. Um, yeah, you know, always always grinding, always grinding, always running. So how you, can you uh, stop to smell the roses? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice to be able to do that every once in a while, and I feel like. It's it's important to take the time to slow down a bit because then you can be even faster mm-hmm. for for the fast moments. One of step your life. back, two step forward. Yeah, because you're recharged, and you see, if you go fast, you'll like run out of steam. Kind of a the tortoise in the hare situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and one note on you know the trend that you mentioned about like how these comedians are so likely to experience depression or mental disorder and things like that yeah you know it's a coping mechanism it all starts because as a comedian myself i quite understand it all starts from the accents of comedy is irony and the fact that you constantly refer to irony means that you are not living true with your intention because you say one thing and then the next few moments you come back to negate them is that is that true i mean um I use that's something I learned from religion uh, and Buddhism uh, is that being falling in the present also include living true with your in- intention, be true and honest with yourself. Now that can life be flexible, uh, and and how I apply it to my life, um, and you know like being less of Pinocchio <laughs> in various moments, but um, 
um, I try to improve myself in that sense. Yeah, <clears throat> I would say I would say that's that's always a good thing to do to try and improve yourself. Um, just keep striving to to get better. All of that. Um. All right. So let's move on to the second segment of the day, where we go through some of the tweet moments of what happening outside of this recording booth, because we know that some of them will very more likely impact you and um, enter your mind. Yeah. You want to start, Chris? Um. Yeah, I thought it was a nice little idea to just program look through the t- yeah through the little Twitter moments of the day and kind of give our thoughts about them. I'll start off um I'll start off with one I know that you you may not have too many thoughts about it because you don't like sports, so that's why I want to get this one um out of the way first. It's called Say uh, it Chris, he's still not acknowledging me that WWE is, is sport. <laughs> we're still arguing, we're still bickering over this, but just move on. <laughs> Um, lo- the headline reads, LeVar Ball went and made John Wall angry right before he plays Lonzo. So you don't know any of those names, I'm assuming. They're Absolutely not. not. <laughs> so LeVar Ball is the father of Lonzo Ball. And Lonzo <coughs> is a rookie in the NBA. His first mm-hmm. year player for the Lakers. I assume you've heard of the Los Angeles Lakers Yes, before. I did. Yeah. And John Wall is a player for the Washington Wizards. And he's a veteran. He's 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 been in the league of uh, uh almost almost a decade since 2010, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they both play the point guard position, which is the one. They both So so the point guard usually facilitates the ball around. He could see he has to see the floor. Uh, get the ball to his teammates. Uh, look for the best shot, things like that. And Lavar Ball, Lonzo's father, is very just outspoken. He he says the most outrageous things. I'm sure you know who Michael Jordan is. Of course, yes. So Lavar Ball says that he would kill Michael Jordan in a one v one, which is, uh, like a one v one. But what you know what a one v one is, right? But in wait, basketball sense. Uh, but what emanates those um personal feuds what do you mean animosities no 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 um not literally kill i mean i know but like why what make him hate michael jordan he doesn't hate he doesn't hate michael jordan he's just he's just full of himself he says the the craziest things he's he says the craziest things so is he a good nba player in your opinion lavar ball is not an nba player at all actually his son is Lonzo Ball. He he's hyping up his son, oh, and I and see. and he he, Le, keep in mind, Lavar still said that he himself would beat Michael Jordan, not that his son would, mm-hmm. but he said that his son is better than LeBron James and Dang. and Steph Curry, which it's it's a it's extremely premature to say that. So, so the the problem with for Lonzo is now that now because of Lavar's comments, it has made. Veterans in the NBA just kind of angry at at Lavar, and the only way they can take it out is by playing ex- well against Lonzo and just dropping points on his head. So is Lonzo in the in the middle between his dad and NBA? 
Yeah, basically. I, would, I, would, I would say that a little bit. Lonzo Ball. How did he respond to those rhetoric of his he's, dad? He's just, he's just kind of, he's just kind of, uh, he's just a little mellow about. It. He's just kind mm-hmm. of okay with it. He, you know, he can't. He says, you know, that's that's his dad. So <laughs> he, I'm pretty sure he is aware. He's he's very respectful of his dad, though. So that's mm-hmm. they have a good relationship, it seems. And but it's kind. Of, it seems like his dad is becoming more of like an an obstacle in his career. Oh yeah, right now it is. People want to the the first game of Lonzo's career was last week against the L.A. Clippers, and the defender, the person, excuse me, covering Lonzo was Patrick Beverly, and Patrick Beverly held Lonzo to just three points. Mm-hmm. So that's extremely. That's a poor showing for a starting point guard. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Lonzo Ball is just he's he's going to be playing against the Washington Wizards tonight, and John Wall, a veteran, is going to be ready to go. So that will be at ten thirty tonight, and we'll see. Um, oh, we'll see wow. what happens. John yeah. John John Wall wants to really uh take take it on mm-hmm. on Lonzo right now. How so. old is the guy? How old is his dad? Lavar, he needs to be put in the home, from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> no, he look. couldn't like sit in the home and keep spitting all over the place and spitting on people. And that's like terrible and Levar, very unru- unruly. Lavar is just—he's just forty-nine years old. It's not too old. No, no, his dad. Yeah, Lavar. Yeah. Oh, Lavar. Yeah, forty-nine. La- Lonzo and Lavar, right? Yes, sir. Dang. Okay. <laughs> oh, old fairy tale of son and dad. Okay. So it's my turn to bring up some tweets moment. Um, we can make a segue from sport into entertainment. So another actress from Hollywood, but this time uh, London, which kind of make no, kind of make no sense because um, Hollywood doesn't include London or Britain. Anyway, Natasha Mouth. Just drop a bombshell oh. as Natasha Muff. Uh, I mean, you may not know. Even I don't know. Um, but uh, just another accuser um, came out to like to like um, to accuse Harvey Weinstein, or as we look him up, an old man, an old Shrek without one month of vegetable, <laughs> as I use an analogy, but. Uh, it's all about sexual harassment in the media workplace or Hollywood. Once again, <clears throat> does it make sense that you have to sacrifice yourself and silence your suppression oppression in order to move forward? And do you have to like wait until another person comes out to, um, you know, justify yourself? What do you think about it? Um, I feel like in this case, you you probably, I mean, it helps when other people come forward. It makes you feel like you're not alone. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel like other people you have, have gone through similar situations. So it kind of helps it publicly, like the public perception of you is validated because your comment kind of lines up with other people's comments. And... The thing is, in this situation, Harvey Harvey Weinstein didn't deny it. He he basically admitted 
that he did do this and that he's but listen trying to, his, to get help for it. But listen that. to the op- opposition. Uh, he said that he was the man of old time, the 60s and 70s, when they still preserve egg in pantyhose. Otherwise, I heard from my father or grandfather. But um, he lived in, he's the man who lived in the old time. Where yeah, the thing, the thing is, um, a, a lack of consent is kind of timeless in the sense that Mm-hmm. If you didn't have consent before, it was still, it was still, uh, it's not a good thing to do. It's not, it's very uh, concerning and disgusting to just kind of bypass someone's consent and use them or harass them sexually. Um, I mean, the man's right eye is injured, almost blind, ever since he was nineteen. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, I mean, you, 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 you aware of that? You know why he's. His his eyes injure because what? he keeps looking at himself naked in the mirror, <laughs> as he made the actresses look at himself. Yeah. This rope, I mean, this man is it sounds quite nauseating to me, and it's very egregious of what he what what he intended to do. I mean, it's not what he intended. Harvey Harvey Weinstein. I don't know if he's blind. number five. I don't know. I don't know about him. Personally, I just well. Uh, if I, you know, like a famous movie, English, the English Patient. Have you watched that? No, I know that he produced Pulp Fiction. Uh, Pulp Fiction, uh, Gangs in New York, as well as Project Runway, as um, the most um, f- popular, not the most popular, but a hit TV show where the shorter your skirts are, the longer they look. <laughs> just a joke, uh, referring to Harvey Weinstein again. No, uh, no, I don't think I don't think Harvey Weinstein is kind of a is a funny situation or a joking situation. I think it's I think it's very uh, serious that this was kind of a an open secret in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It was, it's very concerning, and it just makes you wonder how just how many more people like Harvey Weinstein are in the ho- are yeah. still in Hollywood. Lots of Actors and actresses have come out talking about their personal situations and not even uh, with Harvey Weinstein, but having sex, being sexually harassed by others. Mm-hmm. And they don't mention names oftentimes. So it's it sucks that Hollywood kind of, for a long time now... Get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah like people in Hollywood have gotten away with it. And, you know, they've... they've they're uh influential people in the industry mm-hmm. they're it's very they're powerful they have the that power and they they take advantage of it and it's it's a complete uh different situation with consent um you you may still be abusing your power even if you get consent but to completely bypass that consent just kind of harass other mm-hmm. people the way that Harvey Weinstein did just very, very uh concerning, very disgusting of him to do that. Yeah, you you it, it makes sense how um, I mean like now you start to wonder like among all the actresses or the actors, with many of them apparently are transcending like and are superior in terms of like, skills or uh, capabilities than the others. 
but they somehow left behind, whereas the other leapfrog in show business in the industry, who provide them those springboards, you know, who who's the uh, give them those trampolines to jump two step or three step. Are, are you talking about Harvey Weinstein? I mean, yeah, like or giving all, people a springboard, or no, who, who gave him the springboard? No, it's all about like if you want to have sex, if if you have sex with me, I will um. I will fly you to infinity and beyond. Is, you, you understand? I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's not something... A lot of these victims are like international actor or actress who yeah, owns... Yeah, who, yeah who, who kind of um, at the entrance of Hollywood and want to make a career. But, you know, they have to like get through all of these gatekeepers who Harvey Weinstein of influential people influential people in Hollywood could lobby or you know things like that uh in order to help them overcome and skyrocket yeah i mean so do you have a question about that or no i'm just like a confirm affirm their point oh okay yeah <coughs> yeah it's very it's very unfortunate it's not mm-hmm. something that shouldn't have happened so you know anything more about Harvey Weinstein in in, st- in terms of like his movies or how his how no his, I feel like he was roles? I feel like he was mainly a just the name you is know he is named the Weinstein Company I don't feel like you know he he pro he obviously producer so he's like paying for it and he's you know funding it and all that mm-hmm. but I honestly when when those allegations came out against him i it was the first time i, I heard of him it was so, the first, yeah, yeah. for me too it's because he with producers you you may not really know too many producers yeah other than like lauren michaels of snl yeah especially so few, especially yeah. if they're just for the name mm-hmm. if they're just a credit like the top line on a credit like you you'll see their name and you just you won't even know their face, and so this this guy is definitely just trash. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a garbage <laughs> person. So mm-hmm. he's down. In, he's right now in terms of how he feel. It must be like down in the dumps. And to his wife, that's where he's living. <laughs> I mean, I don't really, I don't really care how he feels. Mm-hmm, nobody cares now. Is do you think they will stand a chance of a comeback for Harvey oh, Weinstein? Definitely not. Because the Oscar just kicked him out. The, oh no, definitely, mm-hmm, definitely. They all not. voted unanimously. No, he shouldn't. He shouldn't have any chance of a comeback. He this wasn't this wasn't a one time thing. You know, um, it wasn't like he sexually harassed. Only you know he also has allegations of sexual assault mm-hmm. and rape. And it wasn't like he was eighteen, nineteen, and you know it was a drunken night with somebody and they both regret it and it wasn't it wasn't that and you know you mm-hmm. know you could better yourself and you know by the time you're you know 30 40 years old you, that's not you anymore this he did this for decades mm-hmm. you know so he's he's done this a lot of things are very un, a lot of actions are inconceivable like i call a local report like masturbating into a in front of a woman, or you know, all these sex, sexual, yeah, that's, that's drives things, yeah, disgusting. Yeah, again, it's just definitely not. 
So what's your next new uh, um, twist moment, Chris? Um, I have this one. It's it is still in entertainment. It's Disney Channel to include first gay main character, and it says that season two of Andy Mac, which full transparency, I don't know Andy Mac is at all. Neither um, do I, but. What Andy Mack is apparently a, it's a little TV show on the Disney Channel. It's a, it's a comedy drama show, mm-hmm. and it premiered this year apparently. So season two, season two will have a key character coming to terms with his sexuality, marking Disney's first ever portrayal of a coming out journey. That's what the tw- tw- Twitter moment says, and. Hmm. Let me. S- I'm trying to see just how old. Okay, the the title character, the eponymous character, eponymous. Mm-hmm. Which means the same name. Of the yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy Mack, she, the title role. She, the actress, is 13. Um, but and then so, I believe. The the lead male character, the actor's fifteen, sixteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then. All right. Now this makes sense as far as the ages of the actors. They they're um. Wait. So put it in a nutshell. What's the whole point of this tweet? Like. Um, oh, Disney Channel to include first gay main character. So. So this this TV network, this TV network. But they have before. They, uh, I mean, in sitcom. Well, th- this, this is not a dis a Disney animation. No, this is a Disney sitcom. Remember, but the thing is, this is a Disney Channel sitcom. So it's oh, because like think of like movie Disney had produced. Like Beauty and the Beast is a huge controversy when there's yeah, a gay yeah. character. Remember, yes. so it's not like the first time I heard of it, but it makes sense when it comes to television sitcom. Yeah, this is this is different. This because the thing about Disney Channel shows is that the stars of the shows are in their teens. Mm-hmm. They're in their teens, absolutely, and so they're just about they're they're like three mm-hmm. to like six years Young older. Talents, yeah. They're three to six years older than the demographic. The demographic of the Disney Channel is definitely younger than I would say thirteen even. Mm-hmm. Once once you at least at least here, once you get to about thirteen, fourteen, you should you should have probably already stopped watching the Disney Channel. Oh sure. It's it's their targeted audience. It's not like those in the so in the nursing home going, Where's my fake tooth? <laughs> so it makes sense for the characters in the show. They're 13, 14, 15, 16. They're discovering their sexuality. I feel like the end of middle school, the beginning of high school oh, is yeah. kind of when you start figuring out mm-hmm. your sexuality because you're, you're hitting puberty around that time. Definitely. But do you think but, they will showcase it? But in- the, the demographic of the show is, you know, I, I don't think a 14-year-old is watching this show. I think... It's more likely that a nine-year-old, an eight-year-old is watching this show. And I feel like the vast majority of little kids, they don't have an idea 
Mm-hmm. They 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 may grow up and they may fe- they may say, "Oh, I've always felt this certain way," but I don't know. I just feel like like little kids really shouldn't. They 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 really don't often have an idea of their own sexuality. So it's it's it is a little weird that there's an emphasis on the sexuality of a kid. So not not just not not so not, you're not that support supporting this decision. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. It's just. But odd. you're saying it's like odd and in yeah, more for, of like for, a risk. For, for, no, it's not a risk. I would say because it's the Disney Channel. It's just weird for a Disney Channel show. Like if there's a movie about this, that's fine, honestly, because it's it's a film. Even if the demographic was for little was was for young um people for teenagers that'd be fine but when the demographic when it's on disney channel and the demographic is ex- like young pre-teens it's to just weird very Im- immature to yeah adopt the ideas. Yeah, yeah yeah it's just i mean it's great it's fine like there's nothing wrong with this <coughs> there's really nothing wrong with with the uh concept mm-hmm. or the actual execution of having someone on the show be gay Especially mm-hmm. if it's the main character, I just feel like it's 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 weird that it's taken this long as well. I thought like the headline was kind of surprising. I was I I had figured you know by now there probably was already some gay characters on Disney, and there probably is since this headline is emphasizing main character. But you know now um, my argument might sound liberal and. A lot of listeners are going now. Hey, Democrats are looking for donkeys, so sign up one con. But uh, <laughs> I really think, I mean, on the other side, the coins is is a changing, ever evolving society. Things are so much different now that TV is catching up with. I mean, you have seen NBC, ABC, all of these stations yeah. investing a substantial amount of money into sitcom or drama or soap opera about minority groups well yeah i mean yeah i'm not i'm not saying that we shouldn't have gay characters mm-hmm. i just thought it was a little interesting of like the young demographic yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but the like like is- the, like like even if there was a gay character in a disney channel show and they mentioned that he's gay whatever i just i didn't know that like i don't know if they will like heavily emphasize it on the actual show which i don't think they would yeah. but if they do emphasize it if they do because the the that, description is a key character coming to terms with his sexuality now i really have not watched the show mm-hmm. so i can't i can't say but you would you say it's a gimmick would you say it's just something to hook audience no, I don't, because if I was a nine-year-old kid, I wouldn't care. <laughs> I really would not care. I think, yeah, I wouldn't care if. Now listen, to like the, when I, when I was when I was watching Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Oh I, yeah, I, 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 I love that sitcom. I didn't care I just that Wendy, um, what's her name? Wendy Young, or the, I L- mean a London, bunch. London Tipton. London, yeah. Uh, thank you. You're thinking, you're thinking of her Wendy Wu. Wendy Wu. <laughs> thinking of Wendy Wu there. <laughs> but they're all excellent in that. Um, and yeah. And now they all grow up, hit puberty, and be less funny. But never, never did I even think, oh, wow, they're straight or they're gay or anything. Like, I didn't care. Like, that's 
I'm just watching the show and it's funny as a kid to watch it. So now listen to this uh, as a reference to this discussion. Um, this is Pink, you know Pink the singer, right? Yeah, Pink. Yeah, try a no, no, I don't, I don't know singer. Fa- uh, there's gonna be a flame, things like that. <laughs> um, she had a speech in the VMAs 2017 in reference to her um, daughter, and she talked about sexuality in terms of like this conversation she had with her daughter. Um, um, well, this is what her daughter say. I look like a boy. Well, what do you think I look like? Ping re- reply. So her daughter say, well, you are beautiful. And Ping's like, well, thanks. But well, people make fun of, make fun of me all the time. They say I look like a boy, but I'm too masculine. I have too many opinions. My body's too strong. And Ping say to her daughter, do you see me growing my hair? She say, no, mama. And Pink said, do you see me changing my body? And she said, no, mama. Do you see me changing the way I represent myself to the world? No, mama. Do you see me selling out arenas all over the world? Yes, mama. So just be yourself. Take the gravel. Take the shell. We make a pro. We help people to change so they can see more kinds of beauty. More kinds of beauty are... Um, I guess a very sacred and meaningful objective that education is adopting today to because you know you tend to have a very naive state of mind and more accepting towards differences in the world yeah when you're a kid and you you embrace more than I don't I don't you know denigrating or looking down on I differences. Feel, I feel like we're giving little kids a little too much credit when saying that they're accepting because I just, at the end of the day, I don't think a kid has that on their mind. I think it's just more of a case that but they don't, like not even that they don't care, just they don't know that they can care because they're, they're when you're a kid, you really don't have that broad of an understanding of mm-hmm. socio-political uh situations and topics and issues it's it's just you're a kid you kind of have no worries if you do it's your your homework or whatever but that's the nice point about this you don't instead of like normalize and ignoring or like even rebuking it you you just let it happen (coughs) the way it was you don't like isolate if look think about like a kindergarten group of children and all of a sudden, there's a black child or a gay child standing out. I don't, I don't, I don't think there'd be a gay kindergartner. I really don't. Because you don't think they will like come no, out. No, I just no, no. So a lot of I children, don't think no because I think someone in kindergarten doesn't know they're gay because you haven't you don't have a sexuality. So no, like, like once once you get to like puberty or maybe you're in. You're about to finish elementary school, about to go into middle school. You get your first crush. That's a romantic feeling. Really, a crush is more romantic than anything. But when it comes to sexuality, you know, you're not, you haven't matured into a sex, like thinking about sexuality or feeling about sexuality until, you know, you kind of hit your puberty stage. 
So I, I definitely don't think a, a five-year-old is going to think, wow, I'm gay. What if what not if my many, classmates find out and judge me? Like, like, Wait, but not many doesn't mean there's none. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think... Because uh, in LGBTQ... Um, there is yeah. more now. I'm not like affiliated at all. I I have like no knowledge, but I'm aware that in in addition to those who come out later in their life, as they know they have sexual disorientation or they like feel more intense toward uh, their same sex, there are those who were born knowing that or even brought, grow grow up being forced to be a girl. Where they I feel I, I feel like. That's a little different because let's say you're 20, 25, and you, you, you're talking about your recollection of being a five-year-old, and you, you, if you're gay, um, obviously it's not. This isn't just saying all gay pe all gay people were like this as kids or are still like that as a person. It's just saying it's 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 a situation that has that has definitely happened. Uh, it's it's a scenario that has definitely been uh, observed before, and mm-hmm. you know y- you have a gay boy acting effeminate, or you yeah. know feminine in in the sense of our current social social standard ideas of mm-hmm. what femininity is, but but that kid isn't, you know it's not like the the only reason that they they were calling at their older age saying oh i've always felt a little different it's just because of their upbringing of their parents or maybe the kids around them who were taught by their parents oh that's different you're weird and then they grow up and then they kind of link oh i was weird because i'm gay but the thing is when at age five you don't think oh i'm a little gay you think i'm a little weird or i'm a little different and you don't know why and that's why i feel like people recall that as being oh i feel like i was always a little gay but the thing is no like i don't think at age five you were you were gay you probably had obviously i don't i mean i'm not too sure i I do i do i have to um affirm that i mean when i was five i wasn't like dropping my pen and go whoopee here we go (laughs) yeah i wasn't I re- I didn't know, I didn't I, I no didn't know what straight sex. was. Yeah, straight I did not was. know what mm-hmm. gay or straight or bisexual, bisexuality. I didn't know about any of those terms until probably my teenage years or the earliest, probably like seventh grade, sixth grade. Because I I feel like now it's it's progressed even further because of things like the internet. Um, now. In sixth, seventh, eighth grade, you have the internet kind of having these ideas be prevalent, be more widely seen, and so. But look at the medium. What they're targeting is children. Children don't go on the internet at five. Well, some do. I, I did actually. I, I went uh, at five. This, yeah, yeah. I went. Uh, I, I, I knew. I knew what YouTube was when I was like eight. So. Yeah. Well, well, you do, but like not by yourself. I, I watched. Not, I watched YouTube. I was introduced to YouTube by like an older family member, but still, it's not the main medium you attracted to. It's it to- definitely was. It was. It was different. It was. I liked it once I once I found out about YouTube. I really started watching YouTube videos 
a lot more than I started watching TV. Well, because it's more personalized and because you get to watch what you want and watch at the, the pace yeah, you sure. decide to. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, uh-huh. that's true. But, but like I'm saying, I feel like that is more common now. Uh-huh. That is definitely more common now. You d- you definitely have a lot more 10-year-olds on the internet now than oh, you yeah. did before. So that's why, like, when I say a five-year-old doesn't know what gay is, I'm saying, like, at a natural base, mm-hmm. blank period. Like, if you didn't expose them to anything, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know. Um, They wouldn't have even a feeling of, oh, I'm attracted to uh, people of the same sex. Like, at a base natural period, if we didn't have the internet, you would probably know about your sexuality when you hit puberty, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so in conclusion, you're just saying like it's not worth it to produce. No, I'm not saying it's not worth it. I mean, you have your gay character. If you're, if you're, um, <coughs> hold up, let me see, let me let me see. No, this. I mean like Andy Mac. In the, terms of like worth, if wor- you're Terry Min- Minsky, who's the creator of this show, uh-huh. and you want a character that's gay, go for it. Like that's your show. I'm not gonna tell you what to produce and what not to produce, but. Be I logical feel, I just with feel, the different no, age not even, group. Not even that. Like, just if you're gonna like have that character, and why emphasize it? Why does it matter? Why, like, I've heard the the, I've heard the argument that representation matters because it inspires people. So, like, if you, if you've seen an Asian person in a film, how fresh, do you fresh up boat? That's what uh, the the latest sitcom about Asian family. I mean, I mean, Asian, Asian sitcom has never reached a success, unfortunately. And most of the famous people um, in comedy stars who retreat themselves a little bit because of how the American society tend to um, not bode well with the, the the traditions and the lifestyle. So they tend to be more of like ethnic. Um, situation comedy to be more like streamlined that's just my thought on recent um opera dramas or comedy about an asian family and see the point is representation has never reached the point it should supposed to be like okay but if, if so it even if you have like a lot of asians win uh the Emmys, the or if you have uh black people um the last time Moonlight won the um, Academy Awards, yeah. it's still not there yet in terms of representation. No, no, definitely, definitely. I don't feel like there is as much content being created or being or representing minorities. But my my question was: Does it matter to you? Does it matter to you? It does. Okay. It. TV is always the medium in the world. Now look at take this well, take this for example. You know fire is hot, right? You yeah. know that if you like play with the match, you will get burned. In a f- well, yeah, I didn't have to play with matches to figure but, that one out, but yeah. But how do you figure out lava is hot? That you're not supposed to be around a volcano. It's TV. TV provide different contexts. It is is a, a no, window I, to I, the world. I don't think I figured that out. Through t- I mean, t- TV is I one mean, not medium TV. that you can 
I would say like in uh, in this case, I'm like generalizing TV and broadening it a little bit. In like if you watch YouTube more often than TV, but I'm saying like all of these entertainment mediums serve as uh, the 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 delivery of broader context. Yeah. So it's very important. Although it's a big risk, although it doesn't stand to reason, is is very worth it to see how the audience react to it. And I have, I of course, I, I mean, do, I do understand, and I do, in many ways, agree that it might not work out well. In I'm, this case, I'm not saying it won't work out well. It probably will. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. You think it will? Yeah, I think, I think it'll. I think because I think kids are either gonna be like, oh, okay, I guess. Or they'll be like, yeah, it's good. I don't feel like there's a kid out there who who who'll stop like wanting to watch Andy Mac, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a ten year old that's gonna think, oh wow, there's a gay character in, in my Andy Mac show now. Let me stop watching. That doesn't seem like it'll happen. Um, and I'm not saying that. But see, re- it, like, it's back like, to the point where I say they're not gonna care, and you you did say it too. They're not gonna care. That's good. They're not gonna care. Yeah, it because is. It is good. S- I, like that's a good. Who's your favorite fictional character? Fictional? Yeah. Like in terms of what? A fiction, just out of any piece of fiction, <coughs> because Andy Mack is a fictional show, and oftentimes representation, you know, that argument of representation matters. It's, it's kind of applied in terms of okay, I need to see a character on TV or a character on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Or a character in a video game like Tracer from Overwatch. She was revealed as gay, oh, yeah, as a lesbian. Uh-huh. She, you know, she's, See, watched- she's still my favorite. The thing is, I don't care. She's still my favorite character to use. I still love Tracer and how she plays in the game. But who's your favorite fictional character? There's so many. I, I mean, I, I'm not aware of them. Uh, I watch so many. And I are barely- they are they Asian? No. Are they Vietnamese? You see, like, so does it does it. Maybe it does matter, but should it matter? Should representation matter? My favorite fictional character is probably Peter Parker. Is, I would say it's Spider-Man. Te- it, I would say it takes a second seat to quality. Yeah, it does. It should. It and it should. Like it's always my favorite character is Peter Parker, and I got that when I watched Spider-Man One and Spider-Man Two, and never did I think, wow, you know what would make Peter Parker better if he was Hispanic like me. I I didn't I didn't even realize that he was white really like I it I the only demographic information that I really processed was the one that was important which was he's from New York mm-hmm. you know that's that and that he's he's poor oh yeah that like he's poor it's doesn't cold. have and doesn't have parents those are those are the demographic in pieces of information that are important it doesn't matter that he's um male. It doesn't matter that he's straight, and it didn't matter that he's white. Like those bits, like those are just bits of information that you just obviously. It's not like you can't, you, you know, you can't lack an ethnicity. You get me? You can't lack. Uh, a, I mean, obviously, you can be asexual and you can be a gender, but it there still has to be like a descriptor there for those but they don't matter they don't make the character better or worse they're just they just are like if spider-man would like 
Miles Morales mm-hmm. isn't better of a character or worse of a character, whatever your opinion is, simply because he's half uh, black, half uh, Latino. He's a better or worse character, whatever your opinion would be, because of the fact that the the writing behind him, his mm-hmm. his character, um, his characterization. Those are the things that make that character, obviously. You know, so when I see there's there's a a Twitter moment the other day too. It was a Star Wars. It was like saying we need more gay characters in Star Wars, or we need more minority characters in Star Wars. It's like, I I mean, I'm not opposed to it. Like, who cares? If you want a a black queer character in Star Wars, that's fine. Like, that's okay. But why? You know, you don't. If there isn't one. I'm not going to get upset about it. I'm not going to say do this because at the end of the day, if you want, if you so like definitively want a a piece of media to mm-hmm. include those characters, you can make you can make it yourself. Now I have to say that you really bring up a valid point and it's kind of convinced me 360 degree. It does it and it has it has been back on the minority groups because of how Hollywood approach it um, as a way uh, in terms of criteria other than um, representation. So like if they want a gay character or an Asian character for this particular role, yeah, they would ridiculously or absurdly and for them for they because stereotypes because of this stereotypes about like how an Asian character should look on television yeah. like that. I feel like stereotypes are, are the only like bad part and it's very ingrained within Hollywood and um, I mean there are a bunch of examples uh, have you watched Harun Kumar? Yeah, uh, no I haven't but I, I know it. Uh-huh. the the character the Asian one is John Cho and he's an, a Korean uh, American actor yeah. and he said throughout his entire career that is it I mean for the other casting, it's it, it mostly Asian movie uh, that they're looking for. But like for Hollywood overlapping of like representation, it's very difficult because their expectation is off the roof. They yeah. want you to act a certain way, which doesn't make sense because they not they don't have good enough knowledge or background knowledge of how an Asian sh- should behave. Yeah, I feel like I I agree with that. That makes, that's a definitely more valid concern than the we need a black queer character in Star Wars just because like, there isn't one. Because uh-huh. I feel like, okay. Like how about a black Herm Hermione in Harry Potter? They was thinking of that, like Norma oh, that's, Dumest. Oh, oh that's, that's, that's a whole different. Even J.K. Rowling that's came a whole out against it. Where are you? That's, that's what an, you mean? That's an entirely different, like, not entirely different, but that's that's a different um, discussion context because those are changing the original like race or gender of a character rather than making a new one like i want quickly before i talk about that i want to do want to bring up that point of the stereotypes i feel like Mm -hmm. the the concern between the two concerns of we need more of this character and we should have actors stop being typecasted and stereotyped into acting a certain way and uh presenting racial stereotypes 
through their characters i feel like that second one is definitely more valid mm-hmm. like concern it's something that yeah i you know not every asian character has to play a stereotypically like asian role they like we can we can have like like you can cast an asian person as like just a normal like accountant or something like that's you know mm-hmm. think like that's because fine. to me it's immoral of hollywood to think that representation give minority group power to grow beyond i, I feel like, like you know a, because good, the at the end of the day they only assign minority group what their skin color or what their ethnicity yeah should in a certain way according to their stereotype act and perform so those actors or actresses are not given the opportunity to grow beyond those yeah very limited roles I, i i can see that i feel like the best i feel like one of the best cases is aziz ansari tom haverford in parks and rec mm-hmm. i feel like that is very good oh example of representation being done right because you know it's not like race is non-existent i know for for like my earlier example of spider-man they don't really mention that he's white because it's not important for mm-hmm. that certain story it's not relevant at all um tom haverford they they mention that he's um They mention his background because at it's a sitcom. It's much more long form. Um, there's other characters that are white, and they they ask him about his origin to create some sort of comedic um effect or bring up a punchline. Like uh, it was in the first season, I think Leslie Nope, the main the main character of the show, is in a she's in the back of a van with mm-hmm. Tom. Or she's in a van with Tom, and she asks him about his background, and th- it's a very funny scene, and it's it's like that's being done right because you know it, it's it's a sitcom, so it's kind of just like it, it kind of shows uh people being people mm-hmm. just in a just in situationally comedic um scenarios, but it's not like in your throat it's not like mm-hmm. oh tom haverford you know he's he's not white you know obviously <laughs> like yeah i get it you know it's oh he's indian okay yeah but he, tom haverford is also sarcastic he's also kind of apathetic at his job especially early on in the series he's <laughs> egotistical you know he he's entrepreneurial he has mm-hmm. all these different qualities about him that are emphasized much much more than just oh he's indian let's have him act indian you know he you know yeah. he he's a character he has they flesh him out a bit mm-hmm. so i think that's we should definitely see more of that being done yeah you know we let yeah let's cast a, a vietnamese person in a situational comedy mm-hmm. and have them um you know just be like I don't know, just a regular person. I mean, a, another classic example I, I would bring up is one of Hollywood classic movie based on one of the most 
and you must read. This is a must read. You gotta start because I start reading it. I'm just getting immersed in within the language. Is um, the Good Earth by Buzbuck? Have you ever heard about it? No, I haven't. It's just about the um, because she spent almost her entire life in China, and she incorporated a lot of even I, who traveled to China and who watched Chinese movie things like that. Kind of very impressed at how she expressed it in her yeah. uh, book, but the whole the whole thing is that she talking about Chinese culture, yeah. and when they adapted this the screenplay and make a movie about it, they cast a Caucasian or uh, American like Paul Muni or um, it's an adaptation. Rainer, huh? It's an adaptation, right, of her story. Yeah. Okay. Is it an American adaptation? Um no, oh it's not, it's not a. Oh no no it's American yes. I'm the adaptation sorry. is American yeah, that makes sense though. <coughs> that makes sense that Why? like because uh, America's well they film in China. I mean that's all right. They probably need the, they probably want to get the settings and they want to get the Oscar nomination or awards too. I mean they got they want to reach for quality. I'm yeah. not saying that's bad. I'm well, just saying. If the whole reason is that they couldn't find a good enough Asian, I'm sure. Actor. I'm sure there are definitely good enough Asian actors. So why are you saying at first it's, it's just, fine? It's, of them yeah, to I mean, do it's it. fine because it's an American adaptation of of a different work. If it was like, um, I don't know. Like, think of it this way: if you had a Japanese adaptation of there's a like of a American work. Mm-hmm. And you see a Japanese person playing a character that was originally written as white, you're not gonna get upset, right? Because it's a Japanese adaptation for a Japanese audience. Playing the, as a white character, supposedly. Um, <coughs> S- Spider Man's great. Spider Man gives me so many like examples. There's a Japanese adaptation of Spider Man. Uh, it's it's a seventies. It's from the seventies. Um, and. The, the the adaptation, you know, Peter Peter Parker's obviously white, like he was written originally white. Yeah. But the adaptation's Japanese. It's for a Japanese audience. So the person playing the the adapted Peter Parker is Japanese. But yeah, that's not that's not wrong, right? But Japan doesn't host Hollywood. Hollywood is in America and it's a melting pot. I it it does yeah, have to give it, people it, it different is, opportunities, equal sure, opportunities. But it's also majority white America is like Hollywood isn't America America is much more than just Hollywood so um, if you're making an adaptation in America and like there's a character that's white it makes sense think of it the, the Death Note do you know what Death Note is it's an anime there's an adaptation of it this year on Netflix it was, it's really bad um like as an adaptation of Death Note, it's just not a good one. Mm-hmm. But there's a character, you know, there. It's a Japanese anime. There's a character in it that obviously everyone from the original anime is Japanese. They're Japanese characters, and the lead character is white, but the side character, um, is black. It's cast by mm-hmm. a black person was cast in that role. Because yeah, as you said, America is a melting pot. So there's and there are Asian. Like there are Japanese, um, 
actors cast into into roles that were originally Japanese. So it's not like it's devoid of that. But I don't really see as much outrage of this person's black in this role as this person's white. Like, why is it that, you know, America's like 60% white. So if you're making an American adaptation for an American audience that is largely white, but not all 60% of them would say, hey, I don't want to watch a Chinese man playing a Chinese movie or adapted by, I mean, from I mean, a Chinese book. I mean... A story. If if the ca- if in this adaptation, the lead character it's is less, Japanese... It's less authentic to me. Just I mean, I mean, although they do act very well and they won Oscar for it, I'm just saying it, 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 Hollywood doesn't give people minority... Um, chances i mean true 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 opportunities to grow i mean with forever that, i mean thank, in the oblivion thankfully that is changing thankfully minorities are getting more representation now like increasingly but i don't think that it's necessarily a problem to have a white person play a role as a that was originally written Japanese because like in, in the context that it's an adaptation, right? Because it's, it's an adaptation. Like I'm not going to get upset of if, if some, if like a, a German um film adapted by Jewish. Yeah. Like, like I'm no, not <laughs> like, like the thing is the overlap. Like it doesn't, if a different, place wants to make an adaptation of another place's like work or fiction they're not gonna cast they're gonna cast people that are from their place you know so like american adaptations are gonna cast people from america they're not gonna necessarily cast you know jap you know japanese actors like obviously there's japanese people in america Japanese yeah, America. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And hopefully you know, I'm I don't mean to make it sound like we shouldn't have Japanese characters be re- like be played by Japanese actors. Like I'm just saying it's not like that egregious of a problem as people try and make it out to seem. But you did acknowledge that is it changing is representation. It, it is rep- I feel like the outrage that people are giving of Hollywood and the industry in general over that is helping or is causing that to change a lot more. I don't feel like it's necessarily that organic, mm-hmm. like out of the goodness of your heart, because at the end of the day, if if an adaptation, if, if adaptations with white actors kept just banking it, they would they wouldn't stop like why would they but the thing is people control hollywood with their wallets so so if you they don't have to look into profit so so if they're like oh people are mad because we cast a white person in this originally japanese role or this originally like act like black role or whatever then maybe we should stop and see if they would actually show up for the movie if it was Japanese again. I don't feel like it makes the movie movie's quality any worse or better. Like it just, it's just kind of 
I just okay. think in terms of because I'm an opportunist and I opportunist. Yes, because I think of more of like opportunities and chance to move forward. I mean, a lot of these people are remaining remaining silent and you know just stepping at where you were at the beginning. You don't have any chance to progress graciously because you not offer all these opportunity and roles and I mean just think of it we uh comedians poke fun at this as well like Oscars so white and things like that straight out of Compton the movies that kind of very good quality but yeah, straight straight out of Compton was a really good movie and all the movies too uh, but they they kind of revolve around these same topics over over and over again and there was time where representation of for example black people were just out in the field humming you know working oh on yeah that that goes into what we were talking about earlier about the stereotypes you know yeah. about these racial yeah we shouldn't have but, that happen. but that's no that's from spike lee that's from a black director so he but the, the point is there's no ideas that no more fruitful ideas than just that because they they are not given the grace to try out the others to take on risk to go out and limp to because they haven't got the experience of overlapping the real the true melting pot that they supposed to present on television alright I mean I, I've I don't ne- know how, I've, I've, I, how, how I d- our discussion goes to this extreme I, I've, but. <laughs> I've never disagreed with that though that's uh-huh. it like I'm all for casting more minorities I just I'm not I'm not forecasting them just because they are minorities. You know, you should cast them because they're quality actors. That's what I would agree like, to. Like, I, the whole point of my argument is that take your time to look out for yeah, other yeah. If, if who I, want the role. If I get a role in a movie, yeah. I hope it's not because the director was like, oh, we need to fill a Hispanic quota. Mm-hmm. I feel I want, the, I would want them to, I would want them to like recognize my my merit and your ability yeah, yeah my ability rather than that so before we wrap up because it is we're mm-hmm. at one hour and 17 i want to i want to mention that real quickly a situation i don't like and tie it back with the parks and rec scenario that i talked about of leslie and tom in a van yeah i don't like it when people ask me where i'm from too often because their follow-up question is almost always like oh, what type of Hispanic are you? Or like the same thing to me. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel, I feel like, very condescended, uh, which means talking down on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, when they ask me what type of Asian are you, I mean, I don't know why I feel less confident mentioning my country, you yeah. know, and where I'm from. I I don't know. It's it's. I feel like it must be even more different for you because you're an immigrant, right? Yes, um, I'm not. So I was I was born in in Florida. So people are like, "Oh, where are you from?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm from Florida. I'm from <laughs> Miami." And they're like, "No, no, where are you actually from?" It's like, "Well, I'm, I'm you know, the U.S. You know, obviously you I'm from Florida." That for and, like, yeah. and like my mom, she was also born here in Florida. Like, what do you want? <laughs> like, you want my my full like lineage, my full background? Like, so. To wrap up, I want to just say that joke from Parks and Rec. Leslie, she's she's a, a white person, and they're they're parroting that situation in this 
she's like, where are you from? And he's like, South Carolina. And he's like, yeah, you know, Tom Haverford. Mm-hmm. He is like played by Aziz Ansari, Indian. He's like, so Leslie's like, but you moved to South Carolina from where? And Tom Haverford, he replies, my mother's uterus. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good line. It's hilarious. Because, yeah, you're, you were born in South Carolina. You were born in the U.S. It doesn't matter if your parents... That's a good uh, strategy to approach. And, you know, anytime other people ask you that question for now. Yeah. So, it is 9.52... It is indeed. It has been a rather long day for me, and I uh, I don't know if it's for Chris as well. But yes, it has. Uh, it's time to conclude our show today. Um, uh, if you want to listen to music, we'll turn on a little bit of it uh, at the end of our show. But um, I hope it will ease up everything um to the listener. So have everybody wish. All the best to you as usual. Thank you to Chompix, which I forget at the beginning and for which I will pay the price at the end of this production. <laughs> <laughs> She's out there waiting for me in uh, for the moment that she could slap me. But anyway, um, thank you, Chompix. Thank you, um, our station, for this opportunity once again. We'll conclude our third podcast. Uh, it's kind of fast of a semester isn't it it's yeah. almost like just a few months i don't know whether we're going to produce on thanksgiving or not but we will try um and i wish everybody a good week thank you so much kwan out all righty and just to follow up with what kwan's saying i would like everyone just to take care take it easy have a good one and we are out